I would like to invite up now Natalie Portney. Can we give her a round of applause as she comes down? Uh, good morning, church. It's an honour and a privilege to stand um, before. And I just want to mihi first to our speakers that have spoken um, in the weeks before. As Kirk was saying, they really are a blessing to each one. I think I sent Wenda a message, you know, and listening to her testimony, it speaks to my heart. Um, and I'm here today to give glory to God. I'm here today to share my testimony, but my hope and my prayer is that you'll see God's fingerprints and his handprints over my life. And I also want to mihi this morning to Bay. You spoke this morning about coming into church with a smile on your face, but inside you are broken. And I've been there, and I've sat in these pews with a broken heart, with darkness around me, but with a big smile on my face. And as I was preparing for today, in my 40 years of life, there's lots to pick out, bits and pieces, and I was trying to pick out all the good bits, because you want to stand up, and you just want to share the goodness of God. And I was challenged this morning by that Bay. Because we're real, I'm a real person with real experiences, and I, I understand that you're real people too. So I've got my lovely bit of piece of paper here with all my pretty bits on it, um, and we'll just see where God leads us this morning. Um, so I just want to um, thank you for your time. When faced with the opportunity to share testimony before a group of people, um, you're made to confront this really awkward question about who am I and what makes me me and what experiences am I going to share about today. Over 40 years, experiences have moulded me and shaped me into the Natalie that stands before you. She's different to the Natalie from last year. She's different from the Natalie at school. She's different from the Natalie who got married at such a young age. She's different to the Natalie that lost her husband at a young age with a young family. The Natalie that stands before you today is broken. I am a child of the Most High God. I'm Holy Ghost filled, water baptized, a Jesus loving daughter of the King. I've been saved and redeemed, yet the opposite is also true. I'm fallen, I'm a sinner saved by His grace, imperfect, yet I know my God is still working on me. In some ways, I am whole and complete, yet there is so much growth happening in my life, day by day. So the opposites can be true. I am saved. I am redeemed. I know my Father. Yet there's still lots of work happening. And that doesn't make me any less. doesn't make me any more. It just makes me a real person. I was born and raised by a single mum in a little town called Ruatoria. I was um, raised in an actual tin shed with no electricity or running water doing homework by streetlight outside the pub most nights. I was also grew up in the shadows of my mountain, in the shadows of my maunga, in the shadows of my marae. I'm your typical marae kid. We were the closest to the marae. So when there was a tangi, we would go and prepare the marae. We would be the last ones there putting away the rubbish. We worked. In some ways, we had nothing, which we actually did have nothing. But in other days, in other ways, we had so much. And that's kind of a part of my story, that kind of nothingness. I'll get to that later. Today, I'm the mother to two amazing boys. I have a 24-year-old at home who's got me a two-year-old grandson. <laughs> I have a 12-year-old at home. I'm a, always 
seem to gather kids around me. That's very, part of, uh, very much a part of my testimony. I say I'm a mother to two amazing boys, but I'm a mum to many. I tend to gather children wherever I go, which is probably why I teach kids during the day. I'm a teacher at Sunrise Christian School where I have the privilege of leading and guiding little people to know Jesus more. I'm blessed to be able to take my Jesus to my workplace. I'm blessed to be able to speak about him openly, and there is no shame in knowing my Jesus. It's made me bold, it's made me proud. It's also made me realize just how privileged I am to be in the place that I am, that molding little people's relationships with God. I teach them the ABCs. I teach them how to read and write, but more importantly, I always try to direct their attention to Jesus. As a mum, that's my job. And as a teacher, I'm blessed that's my job as well. I wear my heart on my sleeve. If I love you, I love hard. Very, very hard. I'm a definitely a glass half kind of full kind of girl. Um, I can see the, um, the best in people. It often gets me not in trouble, but, you know, I, I just always believe that people are giving me their best. And um, I always try to give my best to others. Um, I mentioned earlier that I am a widow, and I have been a widow for 12 years. So my husband died when our baby was nine months old. Overnight, I became a single mum. Overnight, I became the sole breadwinner in the home. Overnight, I had to continue to raise this family um, in the best way that I had. And um, not that we were less then, but there was always that little gap. And some single mums in this room I'm speaking to, you'll know that gap. You'll look around and you'll see what you don't have. But God fills in the gap. And that has shown me over the years, and sometimes I can really see it, and sometimes I have to really, really squint to see how God fills in the gap. That we are not less than, we are not half a family, but we are a complete family because God makes up the difference. God will stand in that gap, and he will honour you as a family. Um, so my husband is Genesis Portney, and if you are... From Gisborne, you will know uh, my husband. He's often referred to as the chess man. Um, he was the real-life motivation for the Dark Horse movie. And those who know me may remember the glitz and glamour of the red carpet, the movie premieres and the overseas travel. But then those who know me well will remember the grief and the heartache. They will remember the reality of trying to take things day by day. From my pain and grief birthed my favourite saying in the whole wide world, and I don't know if Amanda's here, but we did a painting course. It's the only thing I have ever, ever painted. I was tempted to bring it today, but it's not very good. <laughs> and all it's got, it's got some words on it. And all it says is that, you know, life has been hard, but my God has been good. And that has kept me. I don't have an amazing um, testimony of love and joy. Well, I do, actually. But, you know, just that continuous challenges in life. Life has been hard, but my God has been good. And I hold on to that day by day. In our early years of marriage, I was a good Christian girl who married a good Christian man. Um, we were told we would never be able to have children. But I had the faith of like a million mustard seeds. And I prayed and I believed. And every month I was, you know, reminded of what I didn't have. But I was just so full of faith. And this is a testimony because <laughs> I know that nothing is too hard for my God. I know that he is bigger than anything. I know I can trust him 
Yet for five years, I sat there like a good girl. And I thought, Lord, I know you're in it. I know you're in it. I know you're in it. Life has been hard, but my God has been good. And I learned quickly that answers to prayers don't always come in neatly packaged little presents sitting on your table. The stork doesn't bring little packages every month. I learned that God's answers to prayers are sometimes not according to my wants and not according to my plan. So our plan included IVF. So my younger son, is, we took that journey. And along that journey, we were told it'll be two years before you even see the specialist. It'll be five years before you even get pregnant. Um, my husband is 20 years my senior, so he was not really young. <laughs> I was um, full of hope and full of belief. Within six months, we were pregnant. And I was able to use that testimony again and again to those around me who were struggling with infertility. Also, as part of that testimony, um, because my mum is as amazing as she is, she wasn't really smiling at our wedding day. <laughs> she wasn't a, a blushing mother of the bride. Um, she was quite sour, and it was because she wanted children. She'd seen the children for me. She knew my heart. She knew my desires. And so when our son came along, that mended so much heartache and so much pain and so much relationships within my immediate family. I was then able to use the IVF journey or use God's answers to prayers and not neatly packaged. We're not going to pray for a red car. We may not get a red one. I'm not going to pray for, you know, long life. We may not get everything that we ask for, but God answers prayers. He hears them amongst the heartache and the pain. In many moments of my life, I can testify to the still, small voice of God. My soul recognises that that's the voice of God. One instance is, um, years ago, my brother had been diagnosed with cancer. We went to Middlemore Hospital, and his operation didn't go as planned. We went as a family, as Māori do. We took our six-month-old baby, we took our two-year-olds, we took all our kids. Uh, we went to this hospital just to stay for one night, and of course things turned. We slept in the ICU waiting room floor for six nights. Three times we'd been told to go and say goodbye. The third time we'd been told to say goodbye to my brother, he's not going to make it. His young family are running around, we're trying to, you know, organise a family amongst 24-hour um, care with my brother. And... Um, my mum, that same night, was diagnosed with cancer. We were told to take her home. She's not going to make it. And I remember taking my mum back upstairs, settling her into her bed on the waiting room floor. We slept. The wall was there. We had my brother on one side, and we slept on the other. And we would take turns rotating through, as, as whānau do. And I took my mum up, and I settled her in next to my um, young kids, I went into the other waiting room and I cried. And on my hands and knees and I wailed and I cried before God and I said, Lord, I can't do this. It's too hard. This is too hard for me, Lord. I can't do it anymore. And I remember distinctly this warmth that started from the top of my head and it flowed through my body. A gentle wind picked up from the closed windows. And I remember hearing this voice saying, you can't, but I can and as I sat there, I realized that in my own strength, I just don't have it. But with God's strength, I can do lots of really hard things because my God is still good. 
And so I can't say the days got better because they didn't. There was no miraculous healing for my mum. And we actually lost her about nine days later from that first visit to the doctor. But Philippians 4.7 came alive in my heart that same night. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. I now know this peace, and it is real to me. I've been called strong many times in my life, but this strength comes from the peace of God and knowing him as my friend. He is my God, and he is my Jesus. And he is there for me. And I want to end my testimony with the last corridor of, I don't know whether it's obedience, success, and legacy, but it's about that kind of my God and my Jesus. So I learned at a young age what private and confidential, I don't know if you remember, private and confidential um, would come on the envelope. And it was the Bay Corp. It was the debt collectors to my home. I learned very quickly that mum didn't really like those letters. I learned quickly, and I was taught actually how to hide from the debt collectors. So they'd knock at the door, and we all had to go and hide. I learned not to ask for things. I learned not to expect things. I learned watch my mother, who would rob Peter to pay Paul, and we lived from day to day. And fast forward 35 years, me and my whanau, my own family, are living in a home that was not fit to live in. It was old, it was derelict, and we lived there for 10 years. The home had seen better days, but it also seen the pain and grief within those four walls where I lost my husband in that house, I lost my mum in that house, and I lost my older brother in that house. That house was a home. It's where I brought my children home to. It's where I lived, where I served, and where I honoured God. But the house was full of pain and grief. But underneath all that pain and grief, the house was terrible, like it really was. <laughs> and I was too embarrassed to invite people over. You know, we didn't have flash mod cons. Half the cupboards didn't have doors. You know, the bath didn't work. My husband was amazing with silver duct tape, so he duct tape everything, you know. <laughs> and, um, and so I was embarrassed to invite people over. But the time came where we had to move. And when we moved, the house we moved to was even worse. And it was there at that point that the mother heart in me broke because my kids deserve better. We don't yearn for a mansion, but my kids deserve doors that lock so people can't break into your house. Dumped cars, not on our lawn, filled with other people's rubbish. They deserve the gangs there. My, she was two at the time, learnt how to pull the gang signs because we had the gangs up the road. My two-year-old loved to wave to them as they would drive their cars through our backyard because their cars had broken and they couldn't get out their driveway, so they would just pick up the fence and drive through ours. And the mother heart in me was challenged because I had learned and grown up to live with nothing. But I knew that my kids deserved better. And so God spoke one day to Carl and Shah. And it started this amazing journey of home ownership. And it challenged me in my thinking because without me even realizing it, I lived with a mindset is that I don't deserve good things. I am not worthy of better. 
and I was content with the least. I really didn't care, because it was what I'd lived with for a long time. I accepted being the tail, but this mindset was all lies from the enemy, and it took a long time for me to recognize that. And not only that, but it had impacted every part of my life. The choices that I made, the cars that I drove, how I interacted at work, I would make myself less, because that's in my mind what I deserved. And this mindset of not being good enough was something I wasn't willing to leave for my children. And it's something I would never have as a mum. You encourage your kids. You remind them how great they are. You remind them that Father God loves them, that they are capable of great things, which I would do for everybody else in my life. But for myself, I had accepted my lot. I was happy being the tail. The enemy had done his work in my mind. So I fast forward a further five years down the track, and actually that's something that Shah really worked hard on me. We would go house shopping, and I wouldn't go to some because that's just too flash for us. We can't live in that street to just see the neighbours. You know, my kids are too noisy for that, and I wouldn't even go into homes because I didn't deserve them. And she had worked and she had prayed and she had stepped me through. And even today, that is still a part of my journey, part of my growth that needs to happen. Constantly challenging myself that I am the head and I'm not the tail. So over the five years, we are financially in a better place. And as of May the 5th of this year, we are officially homeowners. And we own our own home. Thank you, Lord. And I don't come from a family of homeowners, you know. We don't. You know, we, we, we don't own homes. We live off welfare. We rent social housing. We all live 20 people in one house, you know. We just kind of bunk up. But to be able to leave that, and it was a, to leave a legacy for my children. And it wasn't the financial, the actual house itself. It was to be able to show them that we can do it. With God's help, we can do anything. And it has been with God's help along the way. The financial position that I am now is not in my own strength. It has been by the people of God that he has placed around me, by the hard work and by his diligence sowing his love into me is where we are today. And the favor, God's favor and our hard work and the people within the church have changed the trajectory of my life and more importantly, the lives of my children. God is a way maker. He's a miracle worker. And he's a promise keeper. The biggest transformation came through this mind and through this heart. Where I am believing that I am worthy. And that I do deserve good things. And that Jeremiah 29, 11, where it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That scripture includes me and my family today. And that is the greatest gift, the legacy that I can leave to those that I love. So to you here today, thank you for your time. And I thank you that we've been given space to share testimony. If you know me, you know I, I love relationships. 
I love to know all the nitty-gritty. I love to know the names of your children. I love to, you know, to, to, to figure you out, to say hello. And it's an opportunity to know that I am real and that life hasn't always been good. The smile I have sometimes has hidden lots of darkness. But life has been hard. But by my God, has been good. So thank you this morning. I think I've just been asked to close. Father God, we thank you again. Father, that no matter where we are in life, Father, you meet us in that space. So to those who sit, Father, that are heavy, Father, that are overwhelmed, that feel overcome, Father, that you will touch each and every heart in this place. Father, that we look around and we see the smiles, Father, but we know that underneath there is sometimes work that needs to be done. Use us, Father, to minister to hearts today. Use us, Father, to bring your glory down into the hearts of your people. Father, that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, that we are loved by you, that, Father, today we are the head and not the tail. We are worthy of your love and that those scriptures, Father, are for us today. We thank you, Lord, for the words that have been shared. We thank you, Father, that you know us. And that things from our past, Father, they can, don't have to impact us in the here and now. Lord, that there is breakthrough. And it says, Father, that you are a way maker, that you're a miracle worker, and you're a promise keeper. And we hold close to that today. So bless the hearts of each and every one here today. Thank you, Father, for being with us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that settles over this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, can we give a big round of applause for Natalie? And I love Sundays. I love being together with you guys. What an awesome morning.